the story we, that we have just heard in the gospel. It's an extraordinarily beautiful story, very tender story. And it carries so much of meaning, so much significance, instructions for all of us. Here we have a Jesus, we have the Pharisee, and then we have this woman who does not open her mouth, does not say anything, and she's a silent witness of so many aspects of Jesus that no words could actually describe. Let's look at her. So we have a situation. A Pharisee invited Jesus to a dinner. And there are many people who came. He must be quite well-to-do. And then, not only that, but all of a sudden we have, there was a sinful woman in the city who learned that he was at table in the house of Pharisee. So she invited herself. She came. Perhaps it was an open party. Maybe the Pharisee didn't want to have just invited guests as such because he knew that if he invited Jesus, he would have to invite quite a few because there's a whole group walking around with him. So, so there we have. Now the situation goes further. And so this woman who comes, she's, a, um, she's well known. She's a sinful woman, probably well known prostitute. Uh, and so what happens is this, she brings with her an alabaster flask of ointment and, and then what happens is that she approaches Jesus from behind and begins to anoint his feet, anoint his feet. And not only that, as she's anointing, she is crying. Her tears are flowing. She does not have a towel. She does not have anything. She only has hair. And so we see her that she was not ready to come and wash his feet. She just wanted to anoint his feet. That's all, she did not. But in the act of the anointing, tears begin to flow so much so that he's, she's washing his feet with her tears. And so she does not have a towel and she's washing, drying them with her hair. Now we have the Pharisee. Is a, a leading religious figure. And this is what's going on in him. He's thinking, if this man were a prophet, he would know who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him, that she's a sinner. Okay, so what we have is Pharisee invited Jesus to check him out. Who is he? Is he a prophet or not? Okay. So the first thing that he does is, okay, prophet is, is, has to know the character of a people. And this obviously Jesus does not know because if he knew that she's a prostitute, he, he as a prophet would have recognized so and he would not have allowed himself to be touched by her. So immediately we see what's going on inside of the heart, of the mind of, the, of, the, of this Pharisee. He already has judged, not only he knows who she is, but he tested Jesus. And in testing Jesus, he says he can't be a prophet because he would have known. Then secondly, 
Secondly, not only that, he should have, if he were a truly holy man, he would not allow himself to be touched by a prostitute because he's, he became unholy. He was tainted now. He has to do some form of penance, cleansing, purification. And so immediately Simon draws conclusions that this Jesus cannot be a prophet, he cannot be a holy man, because otherwise he would have done what, um, what a prophet or a holy man would have done. So he, immediately the, the, the Pharisee judges him. And, and Jesus knows what's going on. Simon, I have something to, to, to say to you. Tell me, teacher. So the Lord does not teach him first. He gives him an example. So he wants to lead him to a different way of thinking. Or perhaps he can recognize that what Jesus is doing is proper and correct. But the Lord wants to give him first a, a parable, a teaching. Yet there's a, there's a, there are two people who are in debt to a certain creditor, one owed 500 days wages, the other 50, and then they are not able to pay the debt, but he gives, forgives them all. So now he asks him to draw the conclusion. So who do you think, uh, you know, uh, who do you think would appreciate him for doing such a thing, who would, who would love him more? And, and of course, Simon says, yeah, obviously, is the one who was forgiven more because they appreciated more because the debt was higher and, and they could not afford. So now, but then he says this, you have judged rightly. And now we have Jesus turning to, to this, this woman and in a very tender way, and then not only he turns to her, but also makes sure that Simon understand what took place. Do you see this woman? When I entered your house, you did not give me water for my feet. And that was the custom. Pharisees said, if you respected the guest, you washed the feet of the one who came because it was dusty. It was, you know, everybody who walked, there's a lot of dust every place. And then the second aspect was not only washing of feet, but also uh, to uh, give a kiss, which means to acknowledge someone of, of importance. There was, there was a custom. And so Simon did not give him, he did not wash his feet. That means he didn't really respect him. He didn't give him a kiss. Also showing that he did not really consider him too important. And then not only that, but the last one is that often, if you were a special guest, you would put some perfume oil on, 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 on one's head, acknowledging as anointing someone, which was very, very much a, a custom. So we see who this Simon is. He's testing Jesus. He does not really respect him. But in contrast, we see completely someone who's an outsider, a sinner, and so, and Jesus says, you didn't do this, but she has bathed my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not kiss me, but she has not ceased kissing my feet since I have entered. And she did not, and you did not anoint my head, but she has anointed my feet with the ointment. So I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven because she has shown this great love. Why did I go through this gospel itself? Because there's so much here. What do we see? This woman who must have heard that Jesus loves sinners. 
she, have, she must have heard that she can approach him even though it could cost her. She was very humiliated perhaps because people know, well, she is this one. You know, people knew who she was. And so she didn't, didn't care. She wanted to show, she wanted to show that she cared for him. So she had the courage to go up because he knew, she knew that he loves sinners, that he welcomes sinners. So it's the courage to do so. This is a powerful statement for all of us. We love the Lord, no matter how sinful we are. We're not afraid to go. We're not afraid to come to him. We're not afraid of him, even though we may sometimes feel, God, why did I do? It could be some reluctance on our part, but this is why we go to confession, even if it costs us. Perhaps, you know, you know the priest and, and the priest would say, well, you know, you think, well, maybe he knows me and I don't want to go there to confession because what will he think of me? But ultimately, the, the priest who is in a confessional represents Jesus. He's not the judge. He's the one who is ambassador of mercy. So we can go and we can confess. The, the sinful woman confessed with, without saying a word. She just came to Jesus. She acknowledged him as someone who is special, someone who would be able to do this for her. She did not know. She just wanted to be welcomed. She just wanted to be received. She just wanted to be close to. And she was willing to to be there. She wanted to show respect for him. So she brought this alabaster flask with perfume oil. But But then her heart was moved because the Lord welcomed her. She felt welcome. He didn't say, you know, wait, don't, don't touch me. Get away from me. No, he didn't. He welcomed her. And so to be welcomed by God, by Jesus, to be welcomed is so important because we're all broken. So to be welcomed by him is something which fulfills the deepest levels of who we are. We know we're sinners and he welcomes us. And not only does he welcome us, then her tears. Her tears came because she felt she was not only welcome, but that she was loved because he could have pushed her away, but he didn't. Because Jesus does not push any sinners away. He does not push anyone away from him, no matter how broken we are, no matter how bad we have been, he welcomes us. And so there she is, a witness to that love. And then not only that, there's more here. The Lord, not only does he welcome her, but he reminds the Pharisee, you have not done this. She has done this because you consider yourself so righteous, self-righteous that you don't need, you don't need to be forgiven. You think that you're fine, you're fine. So therefore you don't love, you don't love the Lord because why would you love the Lord? You don't even consider yourself a sinner. So why would he even consider to turn your, turn, you know, expressing this type of love to God. See, this is the problem with Phariseeism is that we consider ourselves fine. We're doing great job. And this is why Jesus said, because you consider yourself healthy, you don't need a doctor. So therefore you don't want to be forgiven. So therefore you don't really experience God as God. You don't experience his love and mercy because you don't need. And you see, this is the difficulty today. How many people are who they don't need God and yet they need drugs because they can't live without drugs. You know, going and, you know, uh, buying the, the weeds every place now, it seems like whether you're healthy or not, because you can't function. You can't function because we can't function without God. We can't live without God. God is the very water 
if we are to be the, the fish that we swim and live in water, we need water. We, so we need God as human beings because we're insuff insufficient. We can't be. So what do we do to cover it up? Drugs and alcohol and be addictions and everything else because we can't function. God is the very heart of who we are. You know, during the communist period in Russia, when a secular forces re remove God from the hearts of the people, would they turn, become alcoholics? One third of the population is alcoholic. So we can't live without God. We can't, there's no way. God has made us in such a way where we are fulfilled by him. If not, then we will turn to something else to preoccupy our minds, preoccupied or, or, or drug our minds or whatever, because we can't function. So this is what the Lord says. If you believe, you know, to Simon that, you know, there's no need here for, for, for God. There's no need for forgiveness because you're fine. You will not receive it, but you will not receive the joy. You'll not receive the tears of joy and tears of, of gladness which the woman manifests. And so this is what, what this gospel is, a beautiful gospel. Because, and the Lord says to, to Simon, yes, the one who has sinned much, when they're forgiven, they love much. They love much. And so he turns to her and says, your faith has saved you because she wanted to be accepted by, by this person who she saw as one who loves, as one who, in whom God is so visible, the Father is so visible. And we know that it was Jesus himself as our Lord and our God, who is the one who loves. How many people have kissed the cross when they're forgiven? How many people who have come to church or at home? Because you realize what the Lord has done for you, not just forgiveness, but the grace is at flow. How many tears have been shed when, you know, a, a person of faith who has a cross, kisses the cross, hugs the cross, holds on to the cross. I have seen how many people were carrying a cross in their hands because they're afraid to even walk by themselves because they know the power of God's love. Yes, it is, it is an instrument. You know, we honor even the wood and the, the carving of Jesus because we you know who it represents. But then the Lord gives even special graces through these sacramentals. That people pray and touch these wonderful gifts that God gives and they receive healing just like from this cross for 300 years. People were kissing and, you know, and touching and wishing as they entered the church, they wanted to have something. They wanted to be forgiven. They wanted to be reconciled because as they walked to the church, they would see this Jesus. And this is what we have before us in our homes. You know, we have, we have the cross, we have his image. And, and you know, I, I remember my own mom, you know, who took an image of, of our Lord, Sacred Heart, and she was touching and holding, holding and kissing it. Uh, it. All these things are at your homes because the love that you have for the Lord requires us to do something. I, you know, how many people kiss the, 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 the photographs of their children? They're not kissing paper, they're kissing their children, but that's the closest they can get in a visual way. And so this is, this is that love, that love that is so essential. But we can never be and will never be disappointed if we love him, if we accept him, if we acknowledge him even without words, touching, holding. You know, I, I, I anointed someone yesterday and at the foot of the bed, there was a beautiful divine mercy image. 
so that the person raised, when they open their eyes, the only ones they see is Jesus. I, this is the first time I've seen that. You know, there's, there's a beautiful image so that, that the loving family member knows and realizes that when this person needs just to look because of sickness of elderly age, pains and sufferings that endures, the only one they see is Jesus, the risen one, the loving one, merciful one. How beautiful that is. So may we then today, as we receive this special teaching from the gospel, and of course, St. Saint Timothy, uh, St. Paul's letter to Timothy, St. Timothy uh, is instructed by, by Paul, and what does he say? Love and teach, give witness. Don't worry about your age. People may say that you're too young, but you know, you, you witness. You witness to the power of Christ at work in you, the power of Christ at work with all of us because he came here. He came as, 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 as a son of God to offer us salvation, love, forgiveness, mercy, to bring us home. And that's, that's what we, uh, that's all Paul says to him, is just be faithful. Be faithful to the teachings that you have received. Be faithful to the gospel and the rest, everything will be okay. And finally, you know, the two saints that we commemorate, St. Cornelius and, and St. Cyprian, um, St. Cyprian said something very interesting. If we accept, if we accept God as our father, then we have to accept the church as the mother. Because the church possesses and gives us everything. The sacraments are coming from the church. The teaching comes from the church. The living witness comes to the church. All those things which are essential comes to the church and you are the church, you're the people. You give witness. May we, like this woman, in a silence, but by her actions of love, tenderness, care, trust, faith, may we likewise manifest to others and move others to a deeper faith and love so they may share the eternal glory. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Dot org. Thank you, and God bless you.